Well, we have an exciting podcast today. My name is Sarah Rose, and I have the honor of interviewing many of our IDA members and learning a little bit about their career and what IDA has done to have an impact on their professional development. Today, we're talking to Susan Brooks. Susan is at the United Center. She started her career in sports entertainment, if you believe it or not, in college, where she actually had the opportunity to work the World Series. Then you will learn a little bit more about her career at the United Center, how through growth and development, she's advanced her career to where she is today. You will really enjoy listening to all her stories about IDA, as well as her opportunities within sports entertainment. Hello, uh, my name is Susan Brooks. I'm the manager of scoreboard operations at the United Center in Chicago, and I am a Chicago native. That's excellent, excellent. So thank you so much, Susan, for taking the time to be on this podcast. We're just so excited to be able to share the stories of our IDA members and tell a little bit about our journeys. Maybe if you can get started, tell me a little bit about your career journey in entertainment. Absolutely. Um, I attended Columbia College in Chicago, which was, uh, it has a pretty robust television production department. So um, my focus in school was on directing and editing. But at Columbia, they make sure that you learn pretty much every aspect of production, camera work, audio, lighting, just everything. So um, Columbia was very big on internships and Mm -hmm. getting real world experience. So um, I had a number of internships while I was there, everything from like small cable access channels to Fox Sports Chicago. Um, I actually interned for the first company to develop pitch tracking 3D animation software that they used for um, Major League Baseball broadcasts. They ended up taking me to work the 1997 World Series broadcast with them. So this is all while I was still in school. So it was quite the experience for someone who was still just a student at that time. My final internship was for the scoreboard department at the United Center. Um, The United Center is a multi-purpose sports arena. We host concerts, special events, private events, but um, the main tenants there are the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago Blackhawks. My internship year was the last year of the Bulls Jordan dynasty. So I, yeah, it was so cool. It was such a great experience, um, especially for someone who's just a student at that time and someone who grew up watching the Bulls play. Mm -hmm. So I got to witness that last championship run. I actually had to decide between working an NBA finals game and attending my own college graduation. What did you choose? I ended up going to graduation. Um, I was pretty conflicted about it. I kind of just wanted to work the finals game, but um, I think I only went to the graduation for my family because my whole family was there and uh, they were kind of expecting to see me walk. So I ended up doing that. Mm. So I was very fortunate because just as my internship was ending, uh, I was graduating from Columbia and Sergio Lozano, who runs the United Center scoreboard department, he was looking to hire a full-time producer editor and I was just kind of in the right place at the right time. I was hired full-time and I've been full-time here for 25 years now. Um, So 26 years in the building if you include my internship year. And uh, my title is now manager of scoreboard operations. Um, Basically I'm responsible for 
crewing, preparing the control room for our events, um, directing a portion of the games and events, and filling any control room positions or responsibilities during the events. Awesome. Okay, I'm going to back up something. So what was the World Series? Who played in the World Series in 93? It was 97. It was the 1997. Yeah, it was the 1997 World Series. And it was the Marlins and Cleveland. And that was just a Jake then probably way back, huh? I think it was the first, maybe their first or second year in the new ballpark. Okay. Okay. But um, I was a huge baseball fan before any other, before I became a fan of any other sports, I was a huge baseball fan. So the chance to get to go to the World Series, it was pretty amazing. It ended up being a seven game series. So we were going back and forth. It started in Miami. It went to Cleveland. It went back to Miami. And I had to basically take a couple of weeks off of my classes in order to work the World Series, but my professors all understood because they realized what an amazing opportunity it was for me. And every single person in your graduating class was jealous. What a huge experience. That's amazing. So maybe before I talk about what inspired you to get into sports entertainment, you talked a lot about your internship and being at the right place and the right time for, you know, your obviously the job you've had for now many years. Before you that, what did you do during your inter- internship to really demonstrate that you were someone they would want to hire full-time? Because you must have done something during the internship that impressed them enough to be able to offer you this job. I think that I showed a real willingness to learn um to take on any kind of tasks, even Mm -hmm. if I was maybe not as confident in myself as I am now, to at least be willing to try. Mm -hmm. And I think that that combined with the skills that I learned at Columbia and at my other internships, um, I think made me, in their eyes, the right person for the job. Maybe then if we talk about, so you started at Columbia and at it sounds like they gave you a lot of different experiences working in a lot of different parts of the entertainment world. What really inspired you to work in sports entertainment? Well, when I was at Columbia, I had it in my head that I wanted to work in news, Mm -hmm. to be a broadcast news director. For sure, I knew I I wanted to work in a live TV setting. I like the idea of, you know, you have one shot to get this right. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't If it doesn't go right, you can't dwell on it because the next thing's already happening. I don't have the patience for like multiple takes of the same scene over and over again. So I knew you weren't going into film. (laughs) I was not. And I knew live TV was going to be the way to go for me. And I just for some reason in my head, I thought news. I'm I've always been kind of into current events and politics. And I thought that that was going to be my path. But that's when the internship came up. Mm -hmm. I was always a Chicago sports fan, but I never really thought about making a career out of it until this internship at the United Center. Uh, One of my classmates at Columbia, Terry, who turned out to be my future husband, he was freelancing at the United Center at the time. And we were just friends at that time, friends and classmates. And he encouraged me to pursue the internship there he just thought it would be a good fit for me because 
when he and I would just get together as friends, we would always watch a sporting event and he knew what a big fan I was. So I immediately enjoyed it once I got to the United Center and I knew that this is where I wanted to take my career. Oh, that's amazing. And it must have been partly due to the environment and then maybe the team that you were working with, you must have felt really welcome and and really included oh, in it. Absolutely. Between Sergio, who was at the time, he was the only full-time staff member in the scoreboard department. It was just him, kind of a one-person show. And he always treated me with a great amount of respect, even when I was a 20-year-old intern. And his part-time crew that would come in for the games showed me the same respect. Mm -hmm. I was very lucky. I know that many other, especially young women in the industry, have a hard time getting respect, especially when they first start out. And I was very lucky to be in a good situation where people showed me that respect and I felt like I could build a career here. And you have, right? How many years have you been at the United Center now? Including my internship year, I've been here for 26 years. Congratulations. That's just remarkable. Thank you. Yep. What an amazing career. Maybe we'll back up a quick question for you. What was your first IDEA that you attended? The first IDEA conference I attended was the 1999 conference in Tampa. Tampa, okay. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, when you, before you even knew about, you know, IDEA and you're getting ready to go to Tampa, what did you, what were your expectations and what were you expecting it to be like? I didn't know what to expect. Sergio had attended the conferences for a number of years, but he couldn't make it to that one. So he just sent me on my own. He didn't really give me much information about it. He's he's not much of a talker sometimes. So I, I honestly didn't know what to expect. He told me to just talk to people, soak up as much information as I can, and stop by all the booths to get free stuff. <laughs> So I walked in, I was young, new to the industry, and I knew not a single person at the conference. And I walked into the opening reception and it is a sea of mostly older men. Mm -hmm. At that time, there were very few women and very few younger people. So it was really intimidating at first, but um, I think that Sergio must have called a few people that he knew and let them know I was coming because I was immediately greeted by a number of people. I was really made to feel comfortable and like I was part of that group. I was so impressed there by the mutual respect among everyone in that group and they immediately extended that respect to me even though I was obviously a pretty timid young woman at the time and just starting out my career. Yeah, that is one thing that I remember my first conference. Of course, I went with other people from Dactronics, but just that feeling of walking into the room, I don't know anyone, how do I start conversation? And I think with a lot of the excursions we go on and other things like that within IDA, you meet people so quickly. Absolutely. I think that really helps. Um, I What sticks out at that conference, at my first conference, there was a beach party since we were in Tampa <laughs> and they had a tent set up on the beach. 
there was great food and bonfires and just visiting with people. And it was, it was great. It was a, a great opportunity to really get to know people and to start to make connections. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that is one thing that I don't think you, you would go away from IDA without making new friends. It seems like every year we reunite with those people we haven't seen for a while and build more friendships. It's, that's one thing that's unique about our conference and, our, and the organization as a whole. Well, and I think we do share this bond. It's such mm-hmm. a small industry mm-hmm. that there's not, you know, if I was an accountant, there would be thousands of accountants in the Chicago area that I could talk to about my career. But how many people, even in a big market like this, how many people do what I do? A very small handful. So going somewhere like to IDEA, you get to meet all these people who do what you do. And I don't think you can get that opportunity by staying put and staying in your your home city and not really having those people to talk to. And everyone's so willing. You know, yes. that's the thing that might surprise people as you go in and you're in the sessions and you're in the different breakout meetings. People are willing to help one another because each one of us feels isolated at different times or who do I connect to? But when you come within a group of your peers, everyone wants to share and help each other out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't feel like it's it's funny because we're in the sports business and sports teams are all about rivalries. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like those of us who work for those teams contribute to that that rivalry situation. You know, I, I think we have more of a camaraderie. And even though we might tease each other a little bit, um, <laughs> it's it's more so it's a community and I Absolutely everyone that I've ever met at IDEA, I would feel comfortable calling any one of them, asking for advice, asking for help. I, I would not hesitate. Yeah, that's what's amazing about it. I think that's excellent. And so we talked a little bit. We might go through this. I know that within your own professional career, as well as your IDEA career, you have done so many things to help the organization but I'm curious a little bit from just from your professional side, how has IDEA really impacted you in your career? I think it's been particularly important to me because I've spent my whole career in one place. Mm-hmm. I think that without the IDEA community, I'd be more likely to kind of put my head down and have blinders on, stay in my old little own little world and not really see the rest of the industry and hearing about the experiences from my colleagues around the industry has given me different perspectives and kind of opened my eyes to the challenges that our industry faces. Um, Professionally, IDEA has also boosted my creativity, given me ideas and the energy to improve my skills and advance in my career. Yeah, it's amazing. And you'll hear so many people say that same thing. What an incredible organization. Absolutely. It really is a community. It's not just a gathering of industry professionals. It's a gathering of friends and colleagues. Agreed. So now I know for you, you have a deep passion for IDA. And one of the things you've done is contributed with your time, your effort, and your skills. Can you tell me a little bit about how did you 
you've been held many roles within the organization. Can you tell me a little bit about why did you want to have a role within the organization? What roles have you had and how has that impacted you from a professional development perspective as well as a personal development perspective? Well, the way I got involved with IDEA as far as volunteering, I learned that if you have a suggestion, <laughs> you should be willing to help act on that suggestion. Mm-hmm. So back when I first started going to IDEA, we had this typical breakout groups that we have now that are sport-based breakouts, baseball breakout, basketball breakout, et cetera. At the time, there were a lot of us who didn't necessarily work for one particular team, but worked for a multi-use facility. And we would just split our time between the basketball and hockey breakouts. But I suggested um, to Liz Brown, IDEA's executive director, that we should have a breakout session for people who worked for facilities. And she said, that's a great idea. Why don't you lead it? (laughs) (laughs) Excellent idea. It seems like you have a lot of insight into this area. This might be a great leadership opportunity for you. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, I was willing. And so I worked with her and the rest of the advisory board to form this facilities breakout group. And I led that for several years. After that, an opportunity was presented to me to run for the executive board. I was asked to. um, I didn't necessarily volunteer because I didn't see myself yet. That was still earlier in my career. I didn't see myself in that type of leadership role. But I was asked to run for second vice president on the executive board. And it was made clear to me that no one else was running. (laughs) (laughs) So at least I I knew that if I agreed to do this, I would be in that role. So I agreed to run and obviously was elected. So I spent four years as the second vice president on the executive board. When my time there was running down, I was encouraged to run for president. Um, Again, no one else was volunteering to run for president. So I ran unopposed again and was elected. And I was, you know, even more so nervous in that role because now I'm going to be the face of the organization at the conference. And I'm really not as confident as maybe some people think I am as far as public speaking being up in front of people. And so I was I was really nervous about this. But the reason I did it, despite that, I really felt that we could, that me and the rest of the executive board could make a difference in the organization mm-hmm. and to make it, make it better. And I also got to work with some amazing and inspiring people on the executive board. But the opportunity to make the organization and the conference a great experience for all of my fellow members. And I felt really good about the advances that IDEA made while I was on the board. And it was awesome to be a part of that. It was such a group effort with everyone on the executive board and the advisory board and the executive committee to make IDEA better. And that experience has been invaluable to me personally. 
Well, I can tell you, you never looked like you didn't have it all together. You were always <laughs> polished, professional, interested. I'm glad it looked that way. I'm glad it looked that way. I, I've told people who have asked me, well, how do you stand up there and talk to people? You look so calm. I said, I may look calm. I may sound calm. But every single time behind that podium, my knees were shaking, <laughs> visibly shaking. And you did so, it anyway. And you did it anyway. Did it anyway. And you served and you led idea through some incredible times. So we thank you for that. We thank you for sure. And you're still involved. You still are involved in the Hall of Fame committee as well as the women's committee. Do you want to talk about the women's committee and a little bit about your vision there? Sure. Um, This is actually a a moment that stands out to me from the 2019 conference that was in San Diego. And this was the first time that I helped to organize a session for women in our industry. Under the umbrella of the Inclusion and Outreach Committee, we we didn't have the women's committee that we have now. It didn't exist just yet. But within the Inclusion and Outreach Committee, I asked if we could host a session for women in the industry. And it was well received by that committee. So I I went ahead with... um, with some help, obviously, in organizing a session. We had this great panel that, Sarah, I'm so happy that you were a part of, this great panel of inspiring women who shared their experiences with the group, and I was lucky enough to moderate it. But what stuck out to me, it happened after the session. There were so many young women who came up to me and said that they were new to the industry, and we're so excited to find people like me to look up to. Mm. And I was just t- completely taken aback by that. Like people like me, I never thought of myself as a role model or someone that anyone else would look up to. My role models were on that panel hmm. and I wasn't putting myself into that group. But those comments really struck me and it inspired me to pursue the creation of the Idea Women's Committee which is is still under the umbrella of the Inclusion and Outreach Committee, but is dedicated to specifically helping inspire women and helping them advance their career in the industry. Yeah, and I think back, Susan, you started that before COVID, right? And what a blessing it was to have that available to women, the different monthly meetings and things that you did during that COVID time, because that was a hard time. And these women were able to come together and learn and share. It was a really hard time. And I think that everyone was seeking out some sort of connection with people during that time. Mm -hmm. And as tired as we were all getting of virtual meetings and Zoom meetings and all of that, I think that this was important enough to people that they um, kind of got over their uh, tiredness of that type of session. And it was it was very successful for those COVID years. Yeah, it was. It, I know for myself personally, I looked forward to it each time. So thank you for pioneering that and, and bringing that attention specifically around women to IDA. And I'm hoping to advance it. Um, I have a great distribution list now of women who attended the previous IDEA conference, and I'm hoping to put some new sessions together and get some feedback on what type of sessions people would like and hopefully um, 
some inspiring speakers and uh, we'll get it going again. I love it. I love those connections. So lastly, maybe if we go to this one, what advice would you give someone starting their career in sports entertainment? Okay, so I don't mean to make this sound harsh at all, but (laughs) first of all, I'm going to go with the reality check. You have to know what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. In almost all cases, this is not a nine to five, five day a week job. We work nights, we work weekends, holidays. It's just the nature of the business. So work-life balance is a wonderful thing, but it doesn't mean that your personal life can always come ahead of your work life. That's the balance part of the work-life balance. Sometimes the work-life wins. It's not always ideal, but it's a job. You have to know what's expected of you and how to be a good colleague to your coworkers. There tends to be, I think, this thought that Working in sports and entertainment is more glamorous and magical than it actually is. I love my job. I love working in the industry. But I just think that someone starting out in the industry does need to understand what's going to be asked of you. And it's just not a career for everyone if you're wanting that nine to five, five day a week job. That said. (laughs) That's so true. So true. My biggest piece of advice is to never stay long somewhere where you are undervalued or underappreciated. Amen. It's fine if you want to take a less than ideal position just to get some experience, but make sure that it's temporary. Mm -hmm. You need to always be looking for that better situation. There is a place for you in the industry where you are valued, valued, where you're comfortable, where you can advance your career. You just have to find it. I love that. I was so lucky yeah. that my, my first job in this industry was the right one for me. But that is so rare. You have to keep at it. Keep searching for the right place for you. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't get there. I love that. Know your value, right? Exactly. That's awesome. Thank you. Any last thoughts you'd like to share as we close out about IDA, your career at all? I just want to reiterate how fortunate I feel. And I just think that I've been incredibly fortunate in this industry, both for my career here at the United Center to have a great job with a great organization where I feel valued and also to have the connections that I've made through IDEA. The experiences that I've had at IDEA have been complete, have been just invaluable to me in my career. And I can't imagine that my career would be where it is without the experience that I've had at the IDEA conferences. Well said, and I couldn't agree more. What an amazing career you've had and how blessed we are to be able to be able to reach out to all of our colleagues within IDEA and helps us to grow professionally, personally, and the friendships we've built. Thanks for that. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us on the IDEA podcast. To learn more about IDEA, go to www.ideaontheweb.org. Stay tuned to our next episodes as we learn more about many of the IDEA members and how their careers have been shaped as being part of the IDEA organization.